You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 114 called How to Get EdTech Organized This Summer. In this episode, we'll share 11 tips for organizing your files, emails, and everything else digital. We'll also take a look at some summertime EdTech PD for the 2022 summer season. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. So this is probably our last episode of our regular school year, I'm guessing. We're doing this one a little early before we get out, just so we can kind of just take a week or two to adjust to the summer and just relax and, you know, just do our thing. Like unplug, basically. Get some time away from the computers and uh, it's it's the final countdown. I know a lot of people are, are probably already out of school. As we're recording this, it's June 10th and somehow we have to keep working up till June 22nd, which sounds extremely late this year. I don't know if it's just my mindset or if that actually is super late. Yeah. Well, it's, it's two days later. I could tell you just because the last like three years graduation was on my son's birthday which made right. things extremely difficult because you want to be here and celebrate our seniors but uh, i also have a family obligation into a little kid's birthday and you know when they get to the age of four or five every birthday is like the monumental day and it should be you know it's a birthday and little guy's happy and he's he wants everyone to be around so i'm, I'm actually relieved that we're going until the 22nd because that means <laughs> my oldest son gets a proper birthday and uh, I don't need to choose between two things, which I always choose his birthday anyway. But yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm pretty excited about unplugging. You know, I think it's a good idea, at least for the first week for me, because just to get away from technology a little bit, be a little absent on social media, be a little absent with uh, anything got teched. And that's why we're kind of doing this recording now rather than in a week from now so yeah so we're you know in this episode we're pushing for a couple things one is take some time and unplug this summer once you're off out of school kick back and relax and soak it in but then of course there will come a point when you sort of start to kick it back into gear and and think about that upcoming school year and think about stuff you want to do and a big part of that for us is always that summertime pd i've seen a lot of uh, memes recently online kind of making fun of what summer is for teachers and how we're on like this this break and i know all the listeners can't see but i'm doing air quotes when i'm around break because the summer is also when teachers finally have a chance to do all their doctor appointments all their family visits uh all the pd that they don't want to take off to do during the school year so yes we're on break but that break is also filled up with a lot of stuff and it's you know a double-edged sword because we're using our break for that but also it's kind of nice and that's that's the tactic we're going to take here. It's kind of nice to use your summer for uh, those PD opportunities. Um, I found a couple that I like. I'll share the first one here in case anybody is still trying to find out some stuff you might want to do. Uh, EdTech Teachers Ed, from edtechteacher.org. They have an awesome, I think this is all their unique PD. Um, they have not, it's not like they're putting together a list of other things. This is, this is them. Uh, but if you go to edtechteacher.org slash summer, or check out the show notes for episode 114. You'll find a link to some of the workshops that they have. And a lot of them are in person, but a lot of them are digital as well. So for a wider audience, I think that's the stuff you may want to check out. They just had some really cool sounding workshops, uh, things like what they call fake news fitness. It's a webinar about sort of teaching that media literacy to your kids, uh, you know, digital portfolios digital storytelling with Canva, all kinds of really cool stuff. And a lot of those pick, piqued my interest big time. So check out edtechteacher.org slash summer for some of those cool workshops. I feel like a lot of our edtech tools that we like to use are holding their own PD. And I, I noticed that you see, or that you put uh, Screencastify is doing their own thing 
they have a education university but i know that we video they they do a conference i actually think it's in june it might actually be early next week i'm not 100 percent sure but i know they do one i know moats getting more involved getting their users more involved in workshops uh and i know that there are a couple others out there so i would encourage you to go out check out some of the tools that you use throughout the year and see what PD they have. Oftentimes they have uh, where you can get certified on their website or uh, they're even having these breakouts like we video. I'm, I'm really excited for to watch those uh, on replay. Hopefully I can get those on replay. Um, I'm just extremely busy right now. So if it is next week, I'm not going to be able to see it, but I know I signed up because oftentimes they do have a replay that you could watch. So make sure you check those out. Uh, Nick, do you want to do the last one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, before I jump into that one, I'll kind of piggyback a little bit. I put that on the list just as that's kind of what I'm in the mood for this summer. I feel like maybe it's that a little bit of that burnout we all seem to be experiencing this school year. But uh, if I'm going to do some PD, I kind of want it to be like specific and immediately helpful, which is why you might want to check out your favorite ed tech tool and see what they're offering a lot of these bigger companies are they do their own programming and you're going to get some great tips that you can use for that tool which i think might be the most helpful thing the the last thing is and we always feature uh, whatever isti has because they do great stuff uh, they have a summer learning academy the summer learning academy 2022 and it's not really just one thing it's a bunch of different courses and webinars and a larger community that you can join, but just if you want to check it out, they're featuring some stuff uh, such as different teaching strategies uh, related to online education or ways to use tech for inclusion or student-driven learning, project-based learning, game-based learning. I mean, if that uh, if you're listening to our show, a lot of those things should sound super interesting to you. So that's at summerlearningacademy.isti.org or just give it a Google or check out our show notes to find the exact link to take you there. But uh, any of those things we're going to put on our recommended list for summer 2022 PD. And uh, maybe I will add one more that we didn't plan for, which is just uh, you want to find your local ed camps. Is that what they're called? I always get the name mixed around. Yeah. Find your local ed camps or just like quick informal training. And that, that's always nice because you get to network a little bit with teachers in your immediate area. And I know we've made some of our best connections at, at things like that it has have gone a long way. So you can do some research yourself to find out what those might be. Yeah. And uh, so that's some summer PD that you can check out. I know I'm going to take a couple weeks, but after that, I'll be right back into the grind. And I think this is a great time to start our second segment, which is 11 tips for getting EdTech organized. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. We all know that, that Nick is very organized. He's an organized guy. Inbox zero minimalist with tabs, all that good stuff. So today we're going to go over 11 tips. I'm hoping that I can use a couple of these to see if it could help me get more organized. Uh, I think I am organized just in an unorganized type of way. But uh, let's get right into this with Google Drive. Now, I will tell you right now, if Nick saw my Google Drive, he would probably fall out of his chair and, uh, you know, be so overwhelmed it's not funny because i i do have some folders i have about 57 folders <laughs> and uh you you hear, you hear him laughing because you know nick i don't know if you have more than 10 i i don't i gotta i gotta jump in here only to say two things one my google drive is also a mess oddly enough despite how ingrained we are in Google now for a long time, I was really annoyed when our school switched over to Google. I didn't want to use the Google Drive. I liked everything on my desktop. I felt like it was way faster. And every time, it, at least at the beginning, before we had Google Drive on our desktop, so it felt just like searching in your, you know, your local folders. 
I was going to the Chrome browser, opening the drive. I just felt like it was so slow in comparison. And because I hated it, I ignored it and just kind of threw stuff in there all willy-nilly. And I've been sort of fighting this uphill battle since then to organize it. Uh, so it's mine's not as good as you would think. And um, that was the first thing I want to say. Second, I think we have to separate productivity from organization because uh, you are highly productive uh, despite being disorganized. And I think, you know, we've talked before about how disorganization isn't always a bad thing. A lot of times that's just how people work better. I think that's how you work better. So this list that we're going to put out here, it's, you know, it may not be for everybody, but as you listen, you may find a few things. Even you, Dr. Geis, may find a few things that are, are going to clean things up for you. So uh, that's those are my two comments, and I'll let you take it over again to talk about some ways to clean up that Google Drive a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I need to also kind of share a story about how I organize. All right. I am colorblind. We all know this but I still use post-its and they're different colors. And I, I could tell the different colors. I know that they're three different colors. I know what they mean to me. And uh, typically if you would just picture a stoplight, uh, what is that? Red, yellow, green. I mean, it's basically the same system where I say green is kind of something I could push to the back burner. Yellow is something in the near future. Red, I should have did it yesterday. Uh, so that's kind of how I am. And I write things down post-its and then I, when I do it, I just start putting it on my office walls, like all over the place. I don't care where it's at. It gets me moving. Um, I have a little basketball hoop in my office. Once I finish one, I crumple it up. I shoot it through the basketball hoop. Uh, it's very satisfying. But my thing is, is that's that's kind of my organization. If, if you came into an office and you saw a whole bunch of post-it notes all over the walls, and they're all different colors... You might call that art. Uh, that's probably about as artistically gifted as I come. It's a modern art masterpiece. But it's it's my way of kind of having a little fun with all the stuff I got to do. And Nick is one that just does lists all the time. But my point here is, even though my Google Drive looks like an absolute nightmare, uh, I work predominantly out of the top like six or seven folders and they're all alphabetized but my top six or seven folders i put a hashtag in front of the name because those are my main ones now in drive you have a prior priority drive now that you could use and you could move those folders there those are the folders that you use all the time i would strongly suggest setting that up because if you can live out of that priority drive everything else is like a storage locker and it's kind of less important uh, the biggest thing I need to clean up are all my free files, the ones that aren't in folders. And I have over 14,000 of them. And most of them say copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Because when I do PDs, I force copy everything. So when I want to show everybody what a force copy looks like, I open one and then it's in my Google Drive. So those are pretty easy to get rid of. Uh, sort by name uh, in your Google Drive select all the ones you want and move it to your uh, discard or your trash. When you get done doing all these files, make sure you go empty your trash or in 30 days, they'll be gone anyway. All right, so, so far what we have in Google Drive is you should try to limit the number of folders you have. And if you don't wanna do that, use that priority drive. Uh, Nick likes to use 10 folder system. I like to use the priority drive system. We could also search by file size and date to delete old things. That's a great way of trying to figure out what you need and what you don't. We could also color code our folders by right clicking on the folder and then hitting change color. Uh, that's a great way to get organized and that kind of brings it back full circle to what I do uh, in my office with the tasks I have to do. I can make a red, a yellow and a green folder, meaning you know, green is the unit that we're in now uh, that's where I'll drag those, uh, you know, chapter stuff into the yellow is what's coming up and the red is stuff that is already passed that I won't need until next year, something like that. This is new. You can now hit control C and control V and control X to cut, copy and paste drive files. This is huge. I wish this was around like 10 years ago because this is just next level. It's something that we've been doing 
uh, in Word documents and in Google Docs and things like that with words. Why can't we do it with files? Well, now we can. This um, Let me jump in there quick just because this is like a brand new feature as of the past couple weeks, at least on June 10th, 2022, as we're recording this now. Um, and it is a little bit buggy. You may find that you actually have to allow your Google Drive access to your computer's clipboard. Um, to do that, when you have your drive open in the Chrome browser, go up to the URL address bar, and there's a little lock icon there at the beginning. If you click that lock, it's going to open up some settings for you. And there should be there in a drop-down menu an option that says, like, I forget exactly. I think it says access to clipboard or give Chrome access to your clipboard. And if that is not turned on, you may not be able to uh, Control-C, Control-V, Control X to move your drive files around. So if you're trying to do that and it's not working, uh, try clicking on that lock in the URL bar. Sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to throw that out. No, that was great. Uh, the only thing I really have, there's two things. One, um, I usually name my most important folders that I'm going to use all year with a hashtag. I know you use an asterisk uh, at the front of it. And that will keep your, your folders up at the top of all your folders in your Google Drive. That's a great way to kind of, if you don't want to use the priority drive, that's a great way to kind of make those your priority folders within your drive. And then lastly, it came, uh, I went into the Google Marketplace um, and I, I looked for some EdTech tools. There are three there that I found. Uh, some of these have a free version. Some of them are paid. Uh, and... These, I feel, come and go often. I mean, they either stay and they're a long stay or they're they're gone within a couple of months. So make sure that you go into Google Workspace or Google Marketplace, I'm sorry, and uh, take a look for, you know, tools that are going to help you stay organized or increase productivity within Google Drive. These are the three that I saw. Uh, the first one is Duplicate File Folder. Uh, this one is a great one for me because... I do a lot of escape the rooms with teachers and oftentimes I want the organization, all the folders and all the resources to be copied and pasted into a new set of folders so I could gift that to the teacher I'm working with. And before what you had to do is you had to make all the folders and then make copies of the files and drag them into the folders and then share and then transfer ownership over to them if that's what you want to do. Duplicate file or finder is a great way to kind of just send that over to them. Uh, the next one is Google Checker Plus. Uh, Google Checker Plus allows you to look in your uh, Google Drive and really take a look at what you have in there by size and and organize it in a way and get rid of the things that you don't need and then the last one is folgo f-o-l-g-o and folgo is pretty amazing it allows you to do several different things in bulk actions in google drive you could copy transfer transfer inspect and rename folders all within this one tool. And once again, this is on the Google marketplace. Those are, those are awesome. I got to, I'm going to start off with duplicate file finder myself. Cause I got that same problem. And I think it's maybe a good way to kick off my, the big organization that I'm planning for this summer. But uh, those are just some tips. And that was all just number one, by the way. So if we said 11 tips. There was actually like probably seven tips just within that number one, but we're calling it one because it was all about cleaning up your drive. Uh, number two, this comes from something I noticed recently, not with uh, teachers necessarily, although I see it with them as well. Um, but I was watching my wife who works fully from home and we kind of have like a, it's like an attic that's converted to an office. And I went up there for something and I was just noticing the way she works. And for someone who works from home, her setup is like extremely bare bones. She has a laptop that her work gives her and a second monitor, which she does not use. So her whole day on Zoom meetings, it's, it's all it's all Zoom meetings. You know, she's doing this for just one computer screen. Uh, the printer that she has is broken. So she's constantly like running out to, I think she goes all the way over to a FedEx office to print stuff. And all these like, like crazy hurdles she's jumping through just because that's what she's used to. And I tried telling her, like, why don't you take stock a little bit of the hardware that you have here 
and ask for things you need. And I see a lot of teachers do this too during the year. We're just so focused on the day to day. I got to prep for this class. I only have 15 minutes. I got to go. I got to go. You might not even notice that there's a lot of tech uh, in a hardware sense that might make your life easier. So this would be a great time to slow down and kind of take stock of some of these things that you have or, or don't have, like a second monitor. Having a second monitor can be hugely helpful up at the front of the classroom. Webcams, if you're doing any kind of tutoring via Zoom or whatever it may be, you know, is your webcam working to its best? Do you want a better one? I've been using a, a, a tablet as well for kind of writing things down digitally. That's been awesome. It is something I'd recommend to any math or science teacher. You know, your mouse, if you're still just using the trackpad on your laptop, a wireless mouse can be way easier. Or a docking station where you can connect all this stuff. Do you have enough chargers? You, maybe you want a charger in each spot so you don't have to lug one around back and forth. And this can even expand to class sets of things. So in your room for the students, do they have what they need? Headphones, if you're having them watch videos or extra chargers for when they forget. All that type of stuff. Summertime is a great time to take stock of that and think about it and just reach out and see who can help you out to uh, wrangle some of those things. Yeah, I would probably add here what your classroom looks like as well. Do you have a flexible seated classroom? Can you get more ideas for that classroom? Do you want throw throw rugs or carpet squares or whatever they're called? Do you want bean bags? Do you want, you know, little comfy cushion chairs? I mean, you have a way over the summer to think and organize things in your head. And really, you know, when I wake up in the morning and my brain has me thinking about one thing, uh, that has to do with my classroom, oftentimes during the school year, I can't, I can't really get into depth of what I want to explore there. But because we're in the summer, we wake up, we have our coffee, we get our kids settled in or dogs and cats taken care of. You might have a little bit of time that you can think about this stuff or, you know, I'm going to the beach at the end of the month. Uh, and I am not one to just sit around uh, under a umbrella uh, you know i could build sand castles only for so long but if i am just chilling there you know that might be a great time for me to think about some of the things that i can't think about during the school year but i flexible seating is very important to me i feel like the the kids really like that a lot uh, i'm not a pinterest guy but pinterest i hear a lot of elementary school and middle school teachers and high school but mostly elementary and middle school um, look at Pinterest and get some great ideas. That might be a good time to just, you know, see what other people are using and see if that would be useful in your classroom. So uh, those are all pretty awesome suggestions. Uh, it's a good time to think about it. Uh, the third tip is to create an EdTech playlist for next year's students. So you can just use a Google Doc or a Sheet or whatever and list out the tech and skills the students need to have in your class. Uh, you know, for me, I want them to be able to do some type of screencast, whether it's Screencastify, Screencast-O-Matic, WeVideo. Uh, I know, Nick, in your class, you want them to be pretty adequate at typing equations. So they could use things like Equatio. Uh, maybe you do a little screencast on introducing them to Equatio. But what I'm saying here is... The summer is a great time to make these resources that students can come back to during the year so you don't have to continually explain the same thing over and over and over again. You could just point them to the EdTech toolkit or EdTech tutorials or whatever you want to call it and have them watch a video and that will reintroduce them to the basic skills that they need to be successful using EdTech in the classroom. And you could do this later on and gamify it with some challenges and some competitions in your classroom. And it's also pretty good to build it into the first day of school activity because that first day of school activity is typically very low risk. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that they do to introduce themselves. Uh, you know, it's not that rigorous of an assignment, so it's a great time to do it right there. Yeah, and you you know you can try and make it fun. You mentioned gamifying it. I was just thinking a little bit like it could be, 
you know, if I want my kids to be proficient in screencasting and for me, like you said, it's a lot about, uh, you know, in a Google doc, writing out your, your work, showing calculations digitally in a way that actually makes sense. Uh, it could be a series of challenges. One of them, like record a screencast that teaches someone how to type equations in a Google doc while singing a song and put it to uh, you know a background beat of some sort you make it fun you make it a game but they're learning these tech skills so you like you said you don't have to sort of re-explain that stuff or at least not as much throughout the entire year so that's a good one to do now another one that's good to do now and maybe you didn't know that this was possible but in gmail and this is true for most email services i would venture to say all of them uh, but definitely in Gmail and, and Outlook, probably the two biggest ones, you can create templates so that you do not have to keep retyping the same email over and over and over again. You taught me this one for a PD we ran a couple years ago, so I'm stealing it from you and sharing it now. Um, this is a feature that you have to turn on in the advanced settings of your Gmail, so you're going to want to head to the settings and find that first. In the show notes, there's a video that's us walking you through how to do this entire thing. But if you know how to, how to find the advanced settings in your Gmail, you can head straight there, turn it on first. Uh, and then once you turn it on, anytime you go to compose an email, there's those three little dots. If you click those three little dots, um, you'll see uh, from a, the drop-down menu an option that says templates. So you, know, you have to start off, of course, by creating the template. So you type it out. This is a lot of the times things for me like, you know, emails that I send home to parents over and over again, uh, the typical check your grade email, your student is in danger or your student is doing a great job. Uh, you type that out, you save it as a template first from those same three little three dots. And then once you've got it as a template, you click those three dots and it's just there always. So you can pull it up, send it out. And this for me has been a huge time saver and is a really awesome tip for uh, getting organized for the coming year. You do them now, and, and they're done. And then you can just roll with it next year. Yeah, so we have second chance learning at our school. So anytime a student does poorly on a test, they have the opportunity to try to take the test again. Uh, really, I think this is, at first, I didn't know how I felt about it. But, I mean, in the, in the real workforce, if someone gives you feedback, what do you do? You go back and make corrections. So it's it's kind of the same thing there for me. But this is definitely an opportunity to use templates. Uh, you could say, hey, um, your score was not where it typically is. Would you like to try second chance learning? I'm offering it on Tuesday. And then, you know, the teacher would just use that template and go change the date every time they're going to send it out to a certain group of students. That would be one that I would use it at. I really like the idea that you just shared about making a template for reaching out to parents to share positives. So if you have a very generic email at the beginning, just saying, hey, just want to reach out and say that your student is doing a great job later on, you would go back and put the student's name. And then you have two or three sentences there in a template, but then after that, you actually get into specifics, which you would type in. Just shit, saving like the two or three sentences every time you do that throughout the year is huge. I mean, we're talking probably minutes, if not hours of, of time that you're saving there. So definitely use that. The next one I'm going to make very short. Everyone struggles to keep their passwords, especially now that everyone's changing the password requirements. Some need, you know, eight uh, characters, some need 12, some need to have special characters like an exclamation point, a hashtag, something like that. Some need numbers and letters. Well, it's, it's oftentimes hard to keep track of all your passwords. So you could use a third-party password-saving device like LastPass. If you're on Google Chrome, they have their own where it allows you to save your passwords there. And then if you want to do it old school, you can make a handwritten list to keep them on file at your home. I would strongly encourage to do those short form. So uh, say your password is blacktop 
212. All right. Your birthday is February 12th. All right. So blacktop 212. I, I would just put something like BT 212. Just as a reminder of what your password is, I wouldn't write down the whole thing. Uh, you don't want anyone to get a hold of that. But LastPass is an amazing tool. I've been using this for years. Uh, I would highly recommend LastPass. Yep, those are some great tips, and summer's a great time to check up on all those passwords. Uh, our sixth tip here, I'll do pretty quickly as well. It's just something I've noticed this past year. Um, with my class website, and I use Google Sites as probably the easiest way to do that. And it's, I would imagine for most teachers, that's the same situation. But creating a class website and actually using it as a place to house everything your students might need on a day-to-day -day or lesson-to-lesson -lesson basis, um, it's been huge. My, my students, when they're absent now, they are, have been trained to know that they do not need to talk to me at all about that absence. They can head there, click on the unit they're studying, and then on that unit's page, they can watch a video that is a recording of the lesson that they missed. They have access to the uh, note sheet that goes along with that lesson, so they can print it off and take notes. And that also there they have access to whatever homework was assigned. And just knowing, you know, from their perspective, just knowing that they have this, this one location that they can always go for everything and it's all there has saved me a ton of time because I am no longer bombarded with, you know, three, four, five, six, seven kids a day. I was absent yesterday. Can you teach me what I missed? They all take, they take care of it themselves. Um, I have actually started using my own website as the, the quickest way for me to get to my own materials. So if I'm teaching lesson four of my, you know, chemical bonding unit, I'm navigating to the stuff that I need for that day via my website. It's just, it's just been quicker than trying to click through my drive and locating things. It's, it's neater. It's, it's visually easier to find stuff and it's, it's been huge. So from an organizational sense, the, this summer might be a good time for you to do that. And if you've got a class website, maybe just punch it up and make sure everything there is current because if stuff's out of date, your kids are going to learn that pretty quick and they're going to stop using it. So I thought summertime would be a good time to touch base on all that stuff as well. Yeah, I know that was my go-to method of staying organized was on a Google site. I like to be uh, an open book when I teach. I want them to have everything that I give out. Nothing is a secret except for if I am doing some type of an assessment. But everything else should be there. I like to have my answer keys there, everything. Uh, I, I feel especially at first, and I think you and I had this conversation uh, as far as answer keys, and this is a little off topic, but you know what, I, I just feel like it needs to be shared. Um, putting your answer keys on a site, especially if you're giving students homework at night where they have to work through problems, if you train them that that's there when you need it, um, that's huge because at home, that's not wasted time. Then they can take a look at problem number 10, see how it's done, and then they can continue on. The thing that you should stress and urge them to know is that um, if they use it for every single problem and that's how they do their homework, it's going to show in the assessment. And uh, so I, I, I love having the answer keys there. I wouldn't shy away from that. Uh, I think that it's great. So our seventh one is to check your local hard drive storage. This is kind of exactly the same for me as my Google Drive, because my desktop right now, uh, I just highlighted all the little icons. I have two screens here, and I have almost one complete screen completely filled. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. And, you know, most of it is just things. I, don't, I try not to put anything, leave anything in my downloads. I just have it go right on the desktop because if I'm downloading it, I'm using it now. And if I don't work off the desktop, I even don't like a crowded desktop. So I'll get rid of those uh, as I go. Obviously, lately, I haven't done a great job keeping up with that. Uh, but I will do that before the end of the year. So in Windows, you can select the Start button hit system, hit storage. This will give you a look at how much free space you have. You could toggle on the storage to manage. Manage it if you're running low. If you are running low, consider moving stuff over to 
your Google Drive or some type of cloud storage. Clean up that desktop, delete used uh, folders, and only keep things that you actively use on a regular basis on your desktop. Uh, make sure that you delete, or not delete, don't delete your recycle bin. I've done that, and it's a nightmare getting it back. Um, just delete everything that's in your recycle bin by emptying it. And by keeping more space free, that also helps out the optimization of your device that you're using. So definitely check your local hard drive storage and clean that up. Yeah, this came from a couple, not a couple years, I guess last year. Um, you know, with all the video creation that we do and podcasting, I didn't realize I was saving stuff locally in addition to my Google Drive. So I started getting all these notifications that I was running out of space and I couldn't figure it out. So um, just knowing that you can check that and if you clean it up a little bit, your computer's gonna sometimes run better and faster. It's nice, it's gonna save you some time as well. Uh, number eight on this list is managing your bookmarks for your Chrome browser. We talked about this in a recent episode, uh, or at least I did, how you know I, I run a lot now through my bookmarks when I open up a, my Chrome browser, which pretty much runs my whole day. Uh, a lot of how I use that is clicking on the bookmarks up at the top. And I just started noticing that, you know, of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven that are being shown on my screen right now that actually fit, I probably only actually click on three of them. And there's that little, like a double arrow on the far right hand side of that bookmarks bar. That's like the overflow. I don't know if that's the real name, but I call it the overflow bookmarks that don't fit. Most of the ones that I'm clicking are in the overflow. So maybe that's your situation too. And you can pause and notice some of that stuff and actually adjust them so that the ones you are clicking a lot are the ones that are actually viewable on your screen right now. Uh, so, you know, you can click and drag those bookmarks to change their positions if you didn't know that. So the most commonly used ones, you put them on the far left is my preference, but you can do whatever you want. Uh, you can actually make folders of bookmarks too. So if you've got different projects running, um, you can put all the links you need for that project in one place. Our, uh, our side business, mayatechbundle.com, I have a folder for that. So I just know anytime I'm doing anything for Maya Tech Bundle, I go to that bookmark folder and I try it. And uh, as a challenge for everybody, why don't you try to get them all on one screen? You know, we a lot of the times have a ton of stuff bookmarked that you just aren't even using. So sort of like when you spring clean your house uh, and you get that good feeling of throwing everything away. We haven't used this in three years. It means we probably don't need it. Your bookmarks can be the same. So give it a try. See if you can get everything viewable on one Chrome browser screen with no overflow. And you might find it saves you a couple minutes here and there. Yeah, those are all good tips there. I just uh, went through my downloads and everything. <laughs> I just deleted uh, six gigs worth of stuff. So See? yeah, there you go. I, I feel good about that. Uh, actually, I went in, you, you were talking about your screencast folder. So every time I do a screencast, I upload it pretty much to YouTube so they can deal with the storage. Right. Uh, I had 5.5 gigs of <laughs> Screencast-O-Matic stuff in there, so I just got rid of that real quick. Uh, with the bookmarks, um, I, I will tell you this right now. I, there's no way I'm, I'm going to get down to one screen, <laughs> only because it is such a pain in the butt to delete a bookmark. Oh, really? I mean, How do you do it? You have to right-click on it, hit delete, hit OK or yes or confirm or whatever for each one. There's not like, I wish they would make like a checkbox where you could just go down, checkbox all of them, and then hit the delete button. That would be great. I would use bookmarks. Now I try not to use bookmarks at all uh, just because why? <laughs> so the only way I'm going to get them on one screen is making a folder called every bookmark and dragging everything in there and that's probably just as bad so go manage those uh bookmarks and then uh please help us find a better way of organi organizing those so if you need an idea for a 
an extension or something like that. Maybe, maybe that can help. That's an idea for you. So speaking of extensions, uh, let's get into our next one, which is manager extension. We know that extensions come and go all the time. There's new ones added and there's ones that are no longer supported. So make sure that you go in there, you delete the ones that are no longer supported. Uh, please also note that if you're on a Chrome browser, there's a little puzzle piece up by your extensions. And that allows you to manage your extensions, uh, what's seen, what's not seen uh, on your Chrome bar up there. And a lot of people feel like their extensions go away and really it's just hiding in that puzzle piece uh, list of extensions. You have to pin it if you want to see it. So you could go try that up there. That's an oldie, but we still get that all the time as tech coaches. Uh, the other thing is um, make sure that all of your extensions are updated. Uh, if you go into your extensions, you should see which ones have uh, updates. Um, and then there's also an extension that both Nick and I like. It's called Extensity, and it allows you to turn them on and off as needed. Uh, it's very easy. I like that better than the puzzle piece myself, organizing them like that. Uh, usually I keep them all off because remember that your extensions do use some of your computer devices resources. So make sure you have the ones turned off that you do not use all the time. So that's managing your, uh, your extensions and we are off to number 10. Nick, take it away. Yeah. For, I guess before I get into number 10, um, if you know that your computer is running normally, but when you're in your Chrome browser, it's running slow probably the fact that you have a ton you might be you might need to update your chrome browser too but it might be you have a ton of extensions and they're all kind of running at the same time and using up those computers resources so if that's you click that little puzzle piece see how many you've got and then either delete them or use extensity to just turn them off so that's it or the tip. problem it could be is because you have 57 tabs open like right <laughs> yeah or that but that's a different issue uh, we're not going to get into in this episode, thank God. Although number 10 is kind of similar to that, and I made this one just for you, buddy. Uh, and that is if you have one of these crazy email accounts with like 5,223 emails in your inbox, uh, maybe that can be something you take care of this summer. I would advocate for just turning the whole thing into a one giant dumpster fire and just deleting all of them and throwing caution to the wind and hoping for the best there and starting from scratch. Um, but if you're too nervous to do that, you can take some simple steps like uh, just using labels. If you go to the left-hand menu, at least in Gmail, uh, you have the option to create labels. These are little colored tags. And you can take an email and click and drag it over into these labels, much like a folder. And then it is out of your inbox. It's still saved, but it's saved in a, you know, a folder, basically, so you can find it when you need it. And that will help clean things up. Um, <clears throat> something I've learned recently is archiving emails instead of just deleting them because I am an inbox zero kind of guy. I'm just deleting emails constantly, but it, it, it bites me because later I, I try and find things and I can't because I've deleted them. So if you archive an email instead of deleting it, you can still, it's still searchable. So for sure, that's the way to go. You're going to want to do that for all those old emails that are just sitting there and you, know, you haven't read them in two years, so are you really going to? Just archive those bad boys so you can find them later. Um, you know, if, if, you are, if you do have this overflowing inbox, it can be tough to know how to get started in dealing with that. And one thing you can do that I didn't know is if you go to settings and click on the inbox tab, you can change the type. It's called inbox type uh, to unread first, and there's actually lots of options there. But if you click on unread first, it's going to display instead of um, sequentially by the date you received it, it's going to display them by the ones you have not read. That's what I would do at the beginning is just start going through the emails that I've never even opened. Chances are, if you haven't opened them, it's not going to be life changing if you just archive those guys. So maybe that's a good place to start. Uh, some other things that I felt might be helpful are just the display settings of Gmail itself. If you didn't know this, you can click the little cog in the upper right-hand corner. And if you go to one of the options there called display density, uh, there's different options. I have mine set to compact, which just 
it's like, I mean, that's what it is. It's the most compact version. It makes the text small and it pushes all your emails pretty close together. Uh, there's also default and comfortable, which you might actually like more. I think those other options will show if there's like uh, attachments or, or like different links that'll actually show them as little icons beneath the email, but it takes up a lot more space. So that compact view might at least make you feel better, like you've got less emails in there. Um, another tip that I didn't know you could do is if you put a put hashtags in your email. So these, are, I guess, are more for the ones that you are typing and sending out. Uh, but if you do that, a hashtag in the body of the email itself becomes searchable. So if you know that every time you send out an email about a certain topic, this is something you would have to train yourself habitually to do, but just at the very end of it, so it's not distracting, like type in hashtag whatever, hashtag parent email, uh, then you can search that later. And that might be a helpful way to, as you are archiving things, to know that you can find them later. And tip number one, which I just recently discovered, is uh, hitting that snooze button for emails that I know I need, but I'm not going to get to for a couple weeks. Uh, it's like the snooze button looks like a little clock. And when you click it, it's going to ask you when you would like that email to pop back up in your inbox. That one has been huge for me. I'm just snoozing emails constantly. And if you're not doing that, you got to check it out. So that's like a ton of stuff there. I hope at least a couple of those things were helpful. I have a feeling, guys, that you already knew all of those and you're just not doing them. <laughs> Am I right? That is, that is correct. That is correct. Right. I did know those. I will not snooze an email. <laughs> I do not hit snooze on my alarm, which I most of the time don't set anyway. I'm like a finely tuned clock myself. It's like 5.01 every morning now is when I wake up, give or take a minute, minute wow. or two. Yeah, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I'm wondering if my youngest... Uh, clock in his room is set for five o'clock because usually he's my alarm but uh i will tell you this if you put a hashtag all right if you go down uh when you have your you know your sign off your signature and all that underneath your signature if you put a hashtag and whatever the topic is of that email um i wouldn't do this for every single one but if if you think or you know that you're gonna have to come back to it that's a great spot to put it. Um, not only does it make you look new, young, hip, and cool because you're using <laughs> a hashtag, it's a great way to stay organized. Organized. That is one that I have used. Um, and I only use it on the rare occasion that I know I'm going to have to find that later. Uh, oftentimes, I get uh, people to send me invoices to renew a subscription for the next year for the media center. Uh, I'll reply to them. Thanks for the reminder. And at the bottom, I'll put hashtag reminder. And that's how I search everything I need to pay for once the new budget opens up. So uh, that's number 10. That's a great one. Uh, number 11, this is our last one, is take advantage of Google Calendar. Use the checkboxes underneath your calendar to only see the ones that you want to see or the events that you want to see. You can import other people's calendars into your own. That's very helpful. I have a home calendar. I have a work calendar. And typically, if it's the weekend, I toggle off my work calendar and I only have my personal calendar there just to kind of escape from work for the weekend. But if someone emails me on Sunday when I check my emails and say, hey, I need to use the media center first thing on Monday, I can easily toggle that calendar back on and be able to give them an answer. Uh, there is a, a Chrome extension that I want to make you aware of. It's called Calendly. It allows you to have appointments. Um, so you share a link with anyone that wants to meet with you. Uh, this is a great thing to put in your uh, signature in your emails. If anyone wants to meet with you, please click this link and schedule an appointment. You can make them 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour long. Uh, if you want to pay for it, there's you can customize it even more. Uh, but what I do is I make my appointments the same length as the uh, sessions in our school day during the, the week. 
and that is connected to my work calendar and that allows anyone to come in make an appointment with me and book some time so that's calendly those are our 11 uh our 11 tips for getting edtech organized for the summer nick do you have anything to add to that and would you like to finish us out for the day nothing to add i think that uh that about does it we've said everything we can say there other than some good tips and there's a lot of them just try and pick a, a couple as always that you might find helpful With that, I will wrap up this episode. Like always, do us some favors. Subscribe on Apple, please. Spotify to Google Podcasts. We find Stitcher. Follow us on uh, our YouTube account as well. If you could subscribe to We Got Teched, that'd be awesome. You can find us on Twitter at Nick Got Teched, at Geist Got Teched, or the show at We Got Teched, or we got Facebook running too if you're a Facebook person. Um, the best thing, if you're a fan, is to give us an Apple Podcast review, the coveted Apple Podcast review. We've got a decent amount, but we're always looking for more. You can tell your friends about us, too, for all the people that don't know about EdTech Podcasts. It might be helpful. Tell them about gottech.com, our website, with all of our blogs and episodes and everything else. And, of course, the, uh, the ever-awesome Teach Better Podcast Network, where you can also go to find our show, among many other awesome EdTech podcasts. And if you're there, you might as well just check out teachbetter.com, which is an amazing, amazing repository of just tons of educational stuff. And with that, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.